down to earth on News Talk with a Monday, an asset manager investing in tomorrow today to shape a better world for all. Each week here on Down to Earth, we dig into someone's green life, finding out how they integrate environmental issues into their everyday lives. Today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Riptide Movement's singer and songwriter Malachi Tuhi. Malachi, I think it might come as a surprise to listeners to hear a rock star discussing his green life. So just how interested in environmental issues are you? Hey, Cara, how are you doing? Uh, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, as a band, uh, we've always been interested in um, environmental issues, but I suppose we, we got really passionate about it in yeah it was around 2017 i was watching a documentary called plastic oceans uh, that was on netflix i just found it really uh, overwhelming and uh, felt really depressed after watching it so um i remember just sitting down at the piano and i wrote kind of two songs really quickly then uh, one was called plastic oceans and one was called what what will the kids say and uh, it kind of led on from there uh, we felt that these songs would be great to kind of front a, a campaign and raise awareness around plastic pollution if that was something we could do, particularly single-use plastics. We reached out to um, a few different uh, environmental groups and that's when we got talking to Clean Coast and we, we teamed up with Clean Coast and Antashka uh, to make the, the web series that we made called Plastic Oceans. We kind of wanted to learn more about it here in Ireland and kind of how single-use plastics were being used in Ireland and how it was damaging our seas and the Atlantic and, and our sea life. And it kind of grew organically through that because we had a series of meetings with a clean coast and, and we were thinking of ideas, of different ideas of, of how we could do the web series. And we kind of, from the outset, we said that we wanted it to be something because we, we're by no means experts on this whatsoever. In your journey making those short documentaries which are on your website, riptidemovement.com, what was the thing you found most surprising in, in that exploration on plastic waste? Do you know what? You'd see the kind of plastic islands out in the middle of the Pacific or the Atlantic. You'd kind of see it being reported on the news, like these, these massive, basically like, they're like continents full of plastic that get caught in the, in, in the, in the drifts. What really kind of blew my mind was the microplastics because it's, it's the plastics we don't see. But throughout this web series, we, we met like with microbiologists and one of them uh, meetings that we were introduced to uh, microplastics and how they work and just how, how, how tiny they are. And, they, they, you know, they can be, you can't see them. You can only see them through, through a microscope and to think that, you know, they're everywhere. They're in all our waterways and, you know, they're in our seas. And I imagine then we'd, you know, that, that them microplastics get into the environment and be rained back down on top of us. And even, even with our clothes and everything, it was just, it just became such a, um, so you was, also, you were, went on a trip with Greenpeace down the Rhine, didn't you, to look at the issues of microplastics. What, what, was, what was your findings there? There's kind of through the web series, um, Greenpeace seen us and, and they invited us over. That was uh, not last year, just in 2019. So we went over to uh, uh, Cologne and met uh, Greenpeace there. And then we traveled down the River Rhine for three days with their scientists and a few of their, few of their activists, what they were doing was taking samples of the water every, every mile down the Rhine. It was kind of to highlight, like, Germany in particular would be a very kind of green uh, country. It was to highlight how, how polluted the River Rhine was with uh, microplastics. And where were those microplastics coming from? Simple things like washing your clothes mm-hmm. and the synthetic fibres that come off your clothes are 
you know, go down the drain and they, they end up in the rivers. Yeah. Have you changed your personal behavior at all after seeing all of these things around microplastics? I, I've tried. I'm like, as I say, I'm not, I'm not an expert by any means, not claiming to be. And I'm as guilty as the next. I'm, I'm sure all my clothes got, are, are, are made of plastic. Like a lot of our clothes have synthetic fibers in them. I go to the supermarket just like everybody else and all our food and everything we buy is, 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 is basically, you know, we're flooded with plastic all the time. So I, I'm fully aware of that, but I do try in my own way to do what I can do. And that is like, I drink filtered water now, so I, I try not to buy bottled water. Um, and that's actually something that we, we did as a band as well. Like most bands would have riders and most artists have riders and sure all your listeners know what, what riders are it's usually like you know crates of beer and and um and you know all, all the kind of all the kind of good stuff that you get in a green room like only and, blue m&ms or something like that right <laughs> yeah we wouldn't be as um i suppose prima donnas you're not divas as, 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 some other, as some other artists but um one of the things that we we thought we could do was uh, like we 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 have a big enough crew with us as well, and um, we'd go through an awful lot of water. So like every venue we'd arrive, well, we'd be on tour. Every venue we go to, there could be like forty eight, maybe even even double that, um, forty eight bottles to eighty bottles in our green room every gig we do, and mm. you, you go through gallons of water because it, the the shows are very energetic. You burn off a lot of energy, and and it's it's like playing. Uh, I suppose it's like playing a football match you know you're, you're you'd be you drink you go through an awful lot of water during the gig and after the gig well we kind of made it condition on a rider that we didn't want plastic bottles of any kind on our rider and obviously we would need water so we are kind of i suppose our blue m&ms was that we that we wanted jugs of water per stage so stuff like that like i suppose if we'd be doing tours so you could be doing you now we could play anyway anywhere up to 100 150 gigs a year so that's a lot of bottles. You know, if you're taking 50 plastic bottles off, off the rider every night, that's... Um, that's a big you know, impact, that's, yeah. That's, well, it's a big impact for, us, for, I suppose, a small crew. And then even stuff like... Um, with the, Now, I know, I know at, at, at this time, it's, uh, it's a lot different because, because of COVID and there's, a, there's an active virus out there at the moment. So it's very hard to kind of use things like you know bring cups and you can't really go into a coffee shop and use use your own bring cup anymore because, for obvious reasons travel is obviously a huge part of being in a band and, and we're aware of its impacts on climate change so coldplay announced in 2019 that they were no longer doing tours until travel became or touring became environmentally beneficial so how do you deal with that impact of having to travel for your work and for your gigs we're as guilty as the next and that's why i don't want to be kind of preaching about this it's it's just kind of this is a the whole idea of that web series and and everything that we do is just kind of it's our journey and us us kind of learning about uh, about the environment and trying to do our best and travel is is it's just part and parcel of um, of the touring industry you know that's that's our main industry and it's very difficult we're obviously on an island so we need to you know you can only only get off it on a ship or on a plane and um, that's going to leave a big carbon. Footprints. Have the restrictions and, on your ability to do live gigs due to the pandemic changed your opinions on the need to travel? The issue, I think, shouldn't really be like everybody loves to travel, so it's kind of finding a way to travel sustainably. That's 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 where we're trying to get. So, to. if the technology became available, maybe to gig virtually as like avatars in some kind of three D VR platform, would you be up for making that switch, or do you feel like live events are really essential? The avatar thing would be brilliant. 
but it can never make up for the the real thing. I can see the value even now during during COVID times. You know, like a lot of artists are playing, you know, Facebook live gigs and stuff, and it's and it's it's great for for the artist and 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 for for everybody for the punter. But in terms of the real thing, it doesn't come anywhere close to it. My only experience of festivals has been in Ireland, where my heart is usually broken at the waste left behind at events like Electric Picnic. So, what's been your experience of festivals around the world? Are there are there any that are actually sustainable yet? Say they're not fully sustainable, but they're they're moving that way. They're getting there. It's kind of some of the festivals that we played, like like Glastonbury. It's hard to get your head around the size of it because it's just it's just monstrous. It's like um, Electric Picnic four or five times the size of Electric Picnic. You know, it's just it really is like a city that's that's that springs up for, for the festival. I thought they were doing lots of stuff that was really sustainable and, and you know, having incentives with the which are which are drinking glass in your cup that you just bring it back and and you reuse it for the whole time you're there. And then there's another festival, Combi Festival, which I thought was great that we were kind of leaving on the last day, but everybody had it was kind of part of parcel of attending the festival that you had to bring everything with you so you kind of kind of like the burning man i suppose in in, in america you kind of you leave it as you as, as you found it how do they deal with the tents because there seems to be a culture here of just everybody leaving their tents behind like a point that if you're coming to the festival that you have to bring your, your stuff back with you there's a million ways of doing it i'm just kind of thinking but i'd say if there's a deposit scheme where you everyone has to pay 50 euro or 100 euro as they go into the festival and you get it back once you have your tent under your arm and all your stuff with you on the way out yeah, I have 100% lobbied for that to no avail with Electric Picnic. But I think your experience resonates so much with several of our other guests on Down to Earth this season and hopefully with our listeners, too, because you've you've tried to implement little changes in your life and your work in order to help solve a big global problem that can otherwise seem really depressing. So Maliki Tui of Riptide Movement, thank you so much for sharing your green life with us on Down to Earth. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Cara. Much appreciate it. And best luck with the show. And that's it for this episode of Down to Earth. Thank you for listening. And thanks, as always, to my producer, Alex Rousseau, for this episode of Down to Earth. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the series on podcast at Newstalk.com or on the Newstalk app. The last 12 weeks have been an absolute pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've loved making it. Playing us out of this series is Riptide Movement's What Will the Kids Say? Stay curious. Stay curious.